0: welcome back everybody we are we are back in live and resurrected from the grave um a little bit <laughs> near, <laughs> we've uh we've had a little uh hiatus i guess you could say for uh what uh when was the last time we recorded an episode i checked,
1: I checked the stuff and it seemed that very end of november was the last time we uh, yeah. got an episode out so we missed all of december and half of january almost oh, no
0: it's good to kind of recharge on some some of that stuff sometimes um
2: yeah, I had a lot of friends reaching out asking about it. So I um I think everybody's looking forward to hearing what we've got to say about it.
0: We don't have a lot to say, but we have enough to say. Um but oh I wanna share this book with you guys real quick too. It's called uh Sharing Jesus Without Freaking Out. Um really good so far. Um and it and it talks about the idea of of present uh, or a conversation over presentation because a lot of times we have you know people and they want to sit down and run over the bible and they have a presentation right to try to convert somebody um, but this guy talks about having a conversation with people about jesus like everyday conversation sharing your your testimony your witness your story with people so they can see how how it is that jesus has changed your life um and it's uh so far it's really good i'm only about halfway through it but uh recommended read uh there and this is not a promotion. I promise. I'm not I'm not being paid for this. Uh, <laughs> We're not just getting monetized you get, for it. <laughs> just because yeah. you get ads all the time. Well, hey, if you buy this, blah 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 blah. Well, how blah, did you know.
1: come across this book?
0: Uh, you know, um, I'd seen it a while back, and my father-in-law had it when I was up at his house a couple of weeks ago. He had it sitting on his desk, so I just picked it up and started flipping through it and started looking at. It. I'm like, man, this guy's this guy's got some good stuff. I mean, it's got like an, at the end of it, it's got an eight-week challenge of how to you know, share Jesus with your friends. Um, and he shares these principles all throughout the book. Like I'll just, I'll just share one. I'll share principle three with you. Um, cause I think it's, uh, I think this is probably my, my, uh, my favorite one shifting from giving an evangelistic pres- pre- presentation to having an evangelistic conversation takes the pressure off the witness and relates the gospel more clearly, clearly to the unbeliever.
1: That's Uh, a good principle, yeah, because, I mean, when a presentation, you got things mapped out, you have like a script ready to go, except conversations, you guys are just flowing back and forth, you know, talking about things like that. Yeah, and and you should be able to share with people, how did Jesus change your life, right? Like, Well, they always say that, you know, a genuine conversation will always sound better than a script. That's why sometimes things just say, there's that saying, it sounds scripted. You sound like a robot. Mm. Those are, you're not going to win anybody over. You got to be genuine in what you say. And how you say things and that's how you really you yeah. know yeah, bring yeah. you make
0: an i mean we, we i mean when you and i were sitting at starbucks and studying you know we it wasn't like i was opening the bible and go to this page go to this page and i was it wasn't like i was trying to persuade you you were already persuaded you just kind of needed a little bit of a mm-hmm. of a push like some certainty or some surety you know yeah a little uh, guidance yeah and and then there's people where you know it's like they they want nothing to do with the bible like you know i was talking to a guy today and you know he's. um he's got some real bad baggage with, with church and church people. You know, he thinks church people are hypocrites and you know, he, he always tells me he's, you know, more church people were like you, I go to church. I was like, well, if you knew me well enough, you probably wouldn't want to go to church with me either. Um, but, uh, (laughs) he, he was, he just has this big kind of baggage. And so over the, over a period of time, we've had a lot of conversations and I've slowly moved him, you know, from I'm never going to go to church, but to someday, you know, maybe I'll consider. Um, I'll I'll read Jesus. How about that? I'll read Jesus. How about that? You know, it's kind of you know, it's kind of the way that we talk about it. You know, and he's he's an athletic trainer, so he you know shows me all sorts of cool stuff, and we get to talk about all sorts of different things. Has some really weird, you know, I mean, I guess you could say not weird, but worldly, worldly views of of things, and you know, it's um, I, I just have to remind myself that Jesus was a friend of sinners too. You yeah, know, um, you know, he was a friend of sinners yeah, and. Man.
1: You know, that's what he wants for us, right, to go out there and try to spread the word and have sinners, uh, you know, realize the wrongs and, yeah, you know, see that this is not basically what our purpose here is, is not to be in this world and be sinners, you know? Yeah. Which is unfortunate. That's where a lot of it seems to be going in this direction nowadays. Mm-hmm. You know, us getting bashed back and forth. Um. I think, yeah, we're, we're definitely under a lot of attack nowadays. You can see it clearly. Um, anytime you try to spread the word, um, you get retaliated nowadays. They even took out the pledge of allegiance from the schools. Right. Um, it's just, it's just a tough time, you know, for us right now with, uh, everything going on, so we got to just stay strong in the faith. And, uh, So they, to, did they take out under, they took out under God, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: They took out under God. Yeah. You know. Did. Yeah. Um, but yet they can't change the print on the dollar bill that says in God we trust, right? Well, I mean you could talk about American Christian yeah, and, well, they're working on patriotism, it. but uh that's not really what we're after. You know, we're we're after allegiance to the kingdom, not allegiance to the you know, yeah to the country. Um and uh that that's the difference. Sure. But any uh, but a side note is, you know, that we do there are a lot of people in this world who do who do struggle to, um, who do struggle to share Jesus with people. And, you know, you never know what kind of reaction you're going to get either. Right. When you start talking about Jesus and you start sharing Jesus with people that you, you know, maybe have come to know, but don't know a lot about. And, um, you know, the, the reaction, the reaction varies. I, have you, have you ever ran into anybody who just gave you a really adverse reaction when you shared your faith?
1: I currently haven't experienced that, um, so far when I've tried sharing my faith, um, it's been pretty, luckily I've had the the pleasure to have it received in a good positive manner. Um, cause I also I'm trying to tell them I'm not bashing into it, but I'm going to tell you, this is how I feel. These mm-hmm. are my point of views. And then especially when you have a conversation with somebody who's, when you have your tone at the right tone, the right wording, you're not judging if they come out and say that I'm a, I'm a dumb, I'm a, I'm very dumb for believing this and Jesus, blah, la 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 la, That's your opinion. And then same thing. You can't get, you can't get frustrated with people and be like, look, like I said, at the beginning, this is what I believe. These are my values. This is what I believe in Jesus. And I know that this is the way yep. that is your way. I I'm going to pray for you. Don't pray for me. You can, do what you want, but you're not going to make me do that. I will pray for you. Yeah. And hopefully that we can have another conversation at a later time. Um, you know, if you ever want to know more. So, like I said, I've, I've been positive. Um, I, sp- I shared my beliefs with other people. With our next co-worker, um, current co-workers, they know it because they see my the Bible in my car and they're like, oh, you, you believe in Jesus? Of course I do. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Oh, well. What do you think? And then then we start having our own little conversation. He goes to a church and then next thing you know, we become better friends because he follows in the same path. So Mm. sometimes it's a.
0: Yeah. And it's just kind of an inch by inch thing. I've talked about my brother on here before too, but my brother was kind of in the same, the same Mm -hmm. boat, you know, where he, you know, he he immediately, I mean, the way he looked at it when, when I, when I came to Jesus was um, Jesus, and it really wasn't even Jesus. It was, it was your, your wife is taking you away from our family. And so he kind of had some resentment towards me because he thought she was taking me away. It wasn't her taking me away. It was, my faith was growing. Mm -hmm. My, my, my priorities were changing from, you know, uh, sleeping in on Sunday morning to getting up, getting dressed and going to church and and making sure I was there. Um, Not just, you know, and not just for, you know um, because I wanted to be seen, but because this is where I was going to get fed. Um, you know, I knew, I knew going to church, you know, it's like, I want to learn something about the Bible. I don't know everything about it. I don't know that I can learn everything about it just by myself. I need some help. I need some guidance. And maybe there's something that the preacher is going to talk about that day that I didn't have any clue about, or I didn't have any idea about. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it it spurs a thought or spurs a a movement in in that direction. And so, um, you know, and then slowly his adverse reaction was. His adverse reaction was now I'm an atheist right now now <laughs> right i mean now now i'm uh now i know i don't believe in god at all right and then slowly over the last 4 or 5 years you know now now he's at the point where he's like um you know i believe there's a god i'm just trying to figure out which one and that's a positive step in the right direction now we did have a really productive conversation about why he wasn't going to church Um, and part of his reason for not wanting to go to church was that he was afraid he was going to lose himself. And that's a whole different, you know, a whole different, you know, topic, a whole different idea behind that way of thinking. But, Mm -hmm. you know, he, he saw me and he thought I lost myself when I, when I went to follow Jesus, but really I found myself, you you know, I found what I, I found my calling. I found what I was supposed to do. I found out what I was, you know, what I was meant to do, what I was designed to do. And, and so that was a whole lot different, but, um, Mm -hmm. We have another thing or two we need to talk about. Well, not need to talk about, but we can discuss it. Um, you know, I, I asked you guys to look over Romans one. Um, you know, because it is really relevant to our culture uh, in today. And I think that um, Paul lays out some good some good groundwork about how we we can see. You know, we can see the world. Um, we can see from we can see through the frame of we can see the world through the frame of Jesus. I don't get my words right there, but uh, yeah. What 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 did you guys uh, what did you guys observe when you read that today?
1: Justin, you want to go first? <laughs> I was like, no, I, I could go, but I, I want to give Justin a chance. I'm sure. like, okay.
2: No, 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 no. It's okay. It's okay.
1: It's okay. If not, I'll go.
2: So <laughs> you know, I've read that. No, no, no. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can All hear right? you. Know. Yes. Yeah. Just get a little closer. But uh, no. I, I... Yeah, sure. I don't know why. I don't know if it's not picking my mic enough. You know doesn't matter. Uh but you know the reality of it is that uh you know the way it's presented in Romans uh 1 is that that basically everybody's going after their own their own passions, their own thoughts on what they should be doing um It's just one of those things that um that when you read through it you realize that it's it, most people make it right. about self. Right? And I think that's the biggest issue. Mm. Even in the church, it's like you've turned you turned yourself into something that's more important mm. than God, uh, and you forget who exactly it is that you're following. Right. So when you start putting yourself first, uh, and you even though you think that you're putting God first, it becomes right. an issue. Right. Uh, and. I think that's definitely what Paul's, uh, touching on here, even though he doesn't say self kind of talks about, you know, how people are going after their own lusts, right? They're going after their own, the own things that they're looking for in life, uh, whatever makes them feel good. And then except making it acceptable mm-hmm. in their own eyes, right? And that's how you make it pleasing to yourself. You make it acceptable. You say, oh, well, that's okay because, you know, and you justify it. Uh, and I think everybody does that with sin to a certain extent, but you don't think that, or you stop thinking that, it's a self-issue of putting uh, yourself in God's position. And I think that's one of the more difficult things to do as a Christian, is to remember that uh, God's in charge, and He's the one that you're supposed to be following. He's the one that you're supposed mm. to put first. Uh and I even find that difficult in life, right? To remember, oh yeah, you know what? I, I can't, you shouldn't be thinking this way. Yeah. You should mm. be thinking another way. And then you start realizing, oh shoot, like if I place, is there like something going on in myself that I'm placing God's second place, you know? And I think that's something that everybody struggles with. It uh, doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian or not. It's definitely something that's going on now. Uh, compile that with someone who doesn't know God or doesn't believe that there's a God, then, yeah, everything that is interesting to you uh, then becomes, you know, mm-hmm. the way to go. Like, oh, yeah, I think, you know, I like boys instead of girls or, you know, whatever the case may be. and Or, you know what, it doesn't matter if I do this drug. Who cares, sure. right? Well, it doesn't matter if I, you know... Yeah. Right. And so you start twisting these things in your mind because you start giving yourself simple little lies mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. say it's okay. And I think it, to me that's what Romans, uh, the beginning, what Paul's really talking about is a self-issue. It's a, definitely a self-issue that everybody sure. struggles with.
1: You're on Jack Caesar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. It's something that, that everybody struggles with. Right. I mean, I was reading it today. Um, you know and i and i thought it 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 made a lot of sense of what's going on like i was saying earlier today you know i think I've, i was reading romans 1 what is this um i apologize for not being more ready
0: oh you're okay
1: i think it starts from basically from romans 1 uh 20 it says for since the creation of the world's god's invisible qualities his eternal power and divine nature has been clearly seen being understood from what has been Sorry, 21. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as a God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of an immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. So they're essentially kind of making their own God. Right. 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 So this is already going away from what's going on and because they're already doing all of that it says also right here on 26 because of this god gave them over to shameful lust even in their women's exchange natural sexual relations for unnatural ones uh same thing with the men they committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their for their error so because they are not reading and, and, and following in the ways of God, I think that it's just like kind of Justin was saying, everybody starts thinking about themselves. This is what I like. This is what I, I I feel, feels great. And then they just start drifting apart. Um, I think, I think that if, if you should, I think that we should be always curious about the word of God. Right. And, and seek help from others who understand it better from us because if we don't this is when we start having our own ideas this is when we start having um you know giving into worldly desires as well and then you think about like justin said i shouldn't be thinking this way that's already something in your mind that you know is not correct in general this is something that we weren't meant to be doing you feel it because when we were created When God created us, we are created a certain way. So when you feel that this is not right, it's because we were created not to do these sinful acts, Sure. but then you have everybody trying to make it seem that it's fine. Everybody's trying to persuade you. And then you eventually give in instead of being strong in the faith. I believe that that's one of the things you should read and seek out maybe questions and guidance from a church. Or a podcast like us, DM us or any questions. And then you can um, you know, be strong with people who who know the word and can keep you from these sinful acts because the world is going to tempt us. And and it's been like that since the beginning of time. Right. hundred percent. I mean, you have to you really have to go
0: back to the to the creation story to to really figure out. I mean, you know, he's he's progressing here. He's talking about He's not necessarily talking about Jesus. now this the structure of the book, I mean, um uh, one of my you know professors in school, we said, if you get Romans, you know you you can get the whole Bible like you get it. like if you get Romans, Romans get you or kind of something along those lines. um but but what he does in the first three chapters of the yeah. book here is kind of kind of interesting because he starts with the the unrighteous, right? He starts with the unrighteous people. you know you notice he points out in verse eighteen. Um, you know, these, these individuals, right. For the wrath of God is revealed against heaven to all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, right. So he's talking about the, uh, more so he's talking about the Gentiles right here. Here's what the Gentiles in the church did, right. Mm -hmm. They, the people who were afar from God's kingdom. And then he goes into chapter two and he starts, he starts, you know, hitting on the Jews, right? All, all while, while he's talking in Romans chapter one, the Jews are like, yeah, go get them. You know, you tell them, you tell them that you tell those immoral, those immoral and righteous people how it is, you know? And then he goes into chapter two and he says, you're hypocrites. Yeah, You know, you're, you're a bunch of hypocrites. And then he brings all that together in chapter three, when he says, you know, in 323, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He yeah. kind of
1: brings them all together and says, nobody, no one's righteous. No, not one. So is it, So to say that it's almost inevitable Mm -hmm. that we're going to kind of, uh, kind of sometimes go the wrong path, right? Because we're not perfect. Well, I think it's nature. I think it's human nature. I think it's human nature. inevitable, right? The word inevitable. Yeah. that I'm trying to pronounce the word. I've never never been able (laughs) able to my whole life. I'm trying to now. (laughs) Anyways. So it, it. Yeah, that's well, like me it's spelling inevitable. your name.
0: That's like me spelling your like you, inevitable, well, you know, inevitable. Me spelling your name wrong, pronouncing it right, but spelling it wrong. Right,
2: it, it happens
1: a <laughs> But um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'm gonna try it again. Inevitable. <laughs> Sorry that we're gonna basically divert, but it's also up to us though yeah. to know that I've diverted and I know it's wrong and I gave to temptation and repent, but try not to keep in that line. Try not to. Right not only not try to commit the same mistake once or twice or three times, but not let it become a ripple effect mm-hmm. and start doing this. And then now we're also going into other things as in greed, lust, and crimes and this and th- disobedience and disrespectfulness and sure. just going off or on the rails. That's the part that we need to always keep ourselves in check and our, hold ourselves accountable. Yeah, it's you. Uh, one great way is you know those wristbands that became popular, WWJD? What would Jesus do? Yeah, yeah. We should bring those back. I mean, <laughs> so, so on merch.com, no, right. uh, We don't sell so, merch. That's that's the thing about you know nobody's perfect. We understand that, but it is our responsibility to acknowledge that. And you know you're doing wrong. You know you're doing wrong. Any person who has ever done anything wrong, they know it's wrong. True. It it, it can't really be justified, but. Um, it's just, like I said, don't, don't continue doing it and, uh, always read the Bible. If not, like I said, always seek out someone who's actually in, who can actually guide you in a better direction and keep you from going. It's like your own personal, like church AA meeting, call <laughs> me accountable. Let's have, right. uh, you know, studies and how could we have prevented this? True. What structure, what well, scripture would help me to overcome these thoughts? Maybe that's another one too, right? Yeah. Here, here's, Justin, did you have something you want to say?
2: Yeah, I was going to say, you know, it's, it's really interesting because it's, it's really easy to go, well, I don't think that this is actually wrong, right? I Maybe, maybe I just read it wrong. Mm. And so this is right. And that's wrong, right? I mean, you have to think about it and go, wait a minute. Is this something that's loving, right? Because that's what the, Paul constantly is trying to, I mm-hmm. drive into all the different churches he's writing to is like, okay, love is yep. the goal, right? And so when you start thinking about it that way, you go, well, okay, well, if I just look at this, is it okay? You know, it's no big deal, right? I mean, and you start thinking about it, you're like, okay, hold on a second. Is that loving to that person? Is that showing love to that person? If it's not, then you're obviously in the wrong boat, yeah. right? So it's just, it's really hard to do. Because you're always thinking, you're always in your mind going, "Ah, it's okay, it's
0: yeah, eh, no, that's all right, yeah, no deal, I, you know." I don't right, yeah.
2: which is the trap that I think
0: right,
2: yeah. It's just like everybody yeah, but here's falls the other into that here's trap, the other you know? interesting thing on
0: that everybody note, does. you know, because it this really chapter one really describes the relationship between God and the unrighteous, right? right. Yes, and it talks about how the unrighteous did this, and then God, God, what verse twenty four? It says, "Therefore, God gave them over," right. And then he says it again in verse 26 god gave them over to degrading passions verse 28 and just as they did not see fit to acknowledge god any longer god gave them over to a depraved right a worthless mind i think is is the is the is the real word it's like a worthless mind like he he gave them over to you know fleshly desires Right. right so in other words if we if we choose you know like like when we when we don't you know i mean everybody has a choice Right. Everybody has a choice, whether they're going, you know, how they're going to live the way they're going to live, what style of life they're going to live. And in all reality, you have to look at it from the standpoint of what, what is, what is the top? I mean, maybe not even what the top priority is in my life, but what, who is my life? Right. I mean, you know, cause we could say, well, God's number one, right. God's number one, you know, God's number one, then family's number two, then, you know, um, work is number three or however you want to put it in the list right but but the reality is is that god owns that whole list right like god god should god is your life and and when you choose right to you know give yourself over god will give you over right god will let you do whatever it is that you want to do right you know and that's that's kind of that's the scary thing and that's also a thing we need to recognize is that you know i make choices God's not necessarily going to stop me from making those
1: choices. Yeah. It's, it's, that's why God created us with that ability for free will. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it goes back to the kind of, it reminds me of the movie, Bruce almighty. I don't know. You guys see, I'm sure you guys seen that yeah. one, right? It's Part like, that the one.
0: It's like, red soup.
1: Yeah. It's like when Jim Carrey tries to make Jennifer Ashton, love me, love me. And it's like, that's the one thing that, you know, God never does for, like forces us to love him, but we grow to love him as you start to learn about him. Right. Yeah. And yeah. you start seeing, you know, the true ways, and then you you kind of start seeing what life is really about. Mm. You know, you get you start sensing some kind of purpose because once you have God in your heart and you have that mentality of where how it's supposed to be, I think you find more uh, peace, freedom, and purpose on in in, in general in life. Right? Sure, sure. So yeah yeah and and i
0: mean you know like i said you you can um not to you know go back to the evangelism talk about topic but this is what we need to acknowledge too that you know we can't force somebody yeah to believe in god as much as we'd like to as much as we'd like to have everybody that we know follow jesus everybody has a choice everybody has a responsibility right and you can't and this is this is what you know as an evangelist breaks my heart is that i would love to be able to just on a dime persuade somebody you know everybody i looked at everybody i came in contact with to just want to follow jesus naturally but i can't do that you know and i and if god can't do that what makes me think that i can do that you know what i'm saying so so the idea of you know uh, that we're that we're kind of circling here is the idea of you know you have to understand that god wants us to choose him so as you move through the book right yeah he start. He begins to to draw out these aspects. Like in chapter four, he draws out the aspect of faith. Right, what the role that faith plays right. in God's yeah, you know, faith in him. right that that faith. You know, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. I think is what he says, and he says that again in in uh, in James. And then in chapter five, he goes back to the beginning of the creation okay. story, and he says, you know, Adam did, or Jesus did what Adam could never do. If you want to sum up Romans Romans five, right. Um, Jesus did what Adam could never do and then he goes into chapter 6 and he talks about the ideal situation ideally right ideally you would choose Jesus and never choose sin again ideally when you're immersed into Christ it would rid you of all your of all your bad choices all your wrong choices all the things that you would do against God
1: and you'll never do them again
0: and you'll never do it again but Uh... but realistically right realistically is chapter 7 realistically it's human nature to sin yes. right and that's where paul says you know o wretched man that i am who will deliver me from this body of death you know as a 725 you know this
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> time right what he does but he does he what he does he doesn't want to do and what he doesn't do right. he, he right. does and right then chapter eight so it's it's just one of those things that's like it's, it's yeah. constant yeah. struggle and, right?
0: and and no it is and it's just like like we said we said it's nature you know and some people have a different you know view of that we will say well we're not you know they'll say oh well, we're not sinful by nature but but in reality you know we have we have if we don't know any better we have an inclination to just gratify the flesh right like we have an inclination to just do what feels good yeah. we have an inclination to you know i mean you know, everybody struggles with different areas of sin, but like Paul gives a list in um, 128, um, he says, God gave them over to a uh, depraved mind to do those things which are not proper, being filled, right, with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, and uh, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful and although they know the ordinance of god that those who practice such things are worthy of death they are not they they not only do the same but also give hearty approval to those who practice them yeah right so 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 he gives us a list of what i mean and and even in if you want to go over to chapter 8 you could connect chapter 8 to this list here in 28 through 31 where paul talks about um, in chapter eight, that um, those who are um, who se- have a mind for the flesh or set their mind on the flesh do the things of the f- flesh, and those who set their mind on the spirit do the things of the spirit. Right, and so he talks about the contrast of he says, look, yeah, Romans eight one. He says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And then he begins to talk about the spirit's help or the spirit's working within the life of a Christian, and that's where. That's where you really start to connect the dots and go, okay, yes, the 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 ide- ideally, we'd never do those bad things again. Realistically, it's our nature, mm-hmm. right? But here's the solution. Listen to the Spirit. Set your mind on the things of the Spirit and you will do the things of the Spirit, right? Set your mind on God, set your mind on Jesus, set your mind to work for Him, and you will do those things, right? It's the moment right. you, that switch flips and you go, what am I even doing here? Like, why did I do that? You ever do that? You know, yeah. felt like you, you about it you're you right. Yeah. What's wrong with me? What did I do that for? You know, just <laughs> all the time, huh? All the time, you're like, oh my God, that was stupid. Like, yeah, dude, they...
2: <laughs> how did I get here? What's going on? Yeah.
0: This is a great book, by right? the way.
2: But I mean, it, it's really interesting. Right. Well, I mean, it's, it's really interesting to think that, uh, you know the reality of it is, is that, like you you touched on this, but I think it's really important. And what you touched on, I think, is important, is that you brought up the fact that, uh, you know, you there's a fear of God that you should have throughout the day. Mm. I think, right, and that fear is that He's given you the choice, right? That's a good way to look at it, and that choice is. to, Right, I mean, he's given you the choice, and so if he already if he's given you the choice and you choose Mm, poorly, that's on you. That's not on him. It's your issue, not his issue. And so I think that's that's the the to me is really scary to think that okay, well, if God's allowed me to make Mm. this poor decision,
0: yeah,
2: right, then where does that put me in the whole scheme of things? If He's allowed me to fall. Uh, follow to my depraved mind, or my mm. depraved thoughts, or, or whatever you want to call. It, right, I think the the issue that I have, it's, it's a very fearful thing, and the reality of it is, is that fear, as des- described, fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise mm. wisdom and discipline. What proverb is that? Right, and so you have to think about.
0: Uh you don't know. Okay. <laughs> I know the proverb.
2: Uh, Matthew six thirty three, uh, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. All mm-hmm. these things yeah. shall be. I is, that is that what you said? I think think. You said the fool depraves wisdom. Uh, no, I, uh, fools despise wisdom mm. and dis- Oh, Proverbs 23, exactly, 9? I know the thing.
0: I think it is. Go ahead. Keep talking. I'll, I'll find it. Mm, I know no, what it I is. Know. I read it the other day. Go ahead. Sorry. Keep talking.
2: Uh, but I guess what I was thinking is that um, it's important for us to realize that, okay, if you notice that there's an issue, and you realize that it's wrong and you're making a poor choice, and you realize that you're and you're feel, fearful of it, then you know that you're starting to go along the right path. I, if that's how I kind of look right. at it, right? I don't know if there's no, any I, other way to look at it no. because even no. Paul struggles with that issue. Even Paul says, like, oh, shoot, like I, I make mistakes and I know the mistakes are wrong and I'm upset with those mistakes, right? And I know I need to correct them. And that's what Paul says when he talks about the flesh and how he makes issues. Even whenever he's talking about marriage, how he's like, well, if you're, if you're a single person and you can control yourself then you're you're doing better than a person who's choosing to be married. Right. I think he's, he's tying that, uh, that to that. I might be pulling a little bit, reaching a little bit far, but I think that's kind of what he's, he's talking about. Um, but, it's definitely definitely one of those one of those things, um, but that's yeah my thought on it. But I, again, the the fear of the Lord is definitely uh, something that I see, especially when you when you spend a lot of time in the Old Testament. I know the New Testament doesn't touch on the fear of the Lord as much as the right. old, but you have to realize without that fear there's nothing that's to drive you towards the truth as much as, as that. I don't know. Personally. Right.
0: No, Um, I I think, I think you're, I think you're onto something there, but that's a good way to look at it. Right. Like a lot of people don't look at it like that. Well, they say just, well, we need to just follow every word of the Bible and follow up with the Bible. I mean, that's, you know, that's admirable. You know, that's admirable that you want to try to do everything that you see in scripture, but what it turns you into is, you know, somebody that's unrecognizable. Right. And, and what you what you have to what you have to do, especially within within Christianity, is you have to focus on building your relationship with God, and that's the thing that He pulls out here. Is right. This is the relationship that God had with the people that didn't choose Him. Right? Is that God gave them over? Right? They made their choice. They made their decision, and it's not that their that their decision or their choice is irreversible. Right? But that that choice separated them from God. And and even though they knew right, because like Caesar read, you know, though they, for though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks, but they became fool, uh, futile in their speculations, and their foolish hearts were darkened. For professing to be wise, they became fools, right? And, and so and so, what what I think Paul is is doing here is trying to to show, okay, here's here's the relationship. Now, another interesting thing that I want to point out in, in twenty. Uh, that relates to uh, chapter two, verse one, when he starts attacking, when he starts attacking the Jews and saying they're hypocrites. Uh, at the end of twenty, he says they were, they are without excuse, right? Like they saw that God existed, they saw that, you know, God was present in the world, and they saw that, you know, they knew that He existed, yet they chose not to acknowledge Him as God. Therefore, they are without excuse. And then he goes down to two one. therefore, you have no excuse, right? He's talking to he's talking to Jews. now, um there's a there's some some idea behind this that but,
2: yeah, Nick, I gotta interrupt you real quick. You know, in Isaiah, it says that God would write God would write on everybody's heart once he comes up once the new covenant is that yeah. everybody would know him, right? He would make it known to everybody. So, I think that he's not just writing to the Jew. I think the reality of it is is that everybody knows without a yeah, doubt yeah, that there's yeah. a Creator because God's placed it on everyone's heart. So I think that he's actually talking about everyone. it's it's an all-encompassing well, comment. I don't know. I mean, maybe well, I'm wrong, but the way that I see what Isaiah is prophesying, the way that I see the Sure. Way that... Let me
0: show you why I think that though. Go over to go over to chapter two, verse 17, right? Um, because here's where okay. here's where he reveals what he's been talking sure. about. 217, okay. he says, but if you bear the name Jew and reply, rely upon the law, same context, right? Um, and boast in God, know this, know and know his will and approve the things that are essential being instructed out of the law, and are confident that you yourself are a guide to the blind. And a light to those who are in darkness, a corrector, of foolish, a teacher of the immature, having in the law the embodiment of knowledge of the truth. You, therefore, teach another. Right. So this is why this is why I say he's actually directing this second chapter at a, at a Jewish mind. Right. So so the speculation is that mm. uh, of the Jews at the day of Pentecost, okay. right. You know, in the in the big, you know, um, what do they call it? A temple complex. I'm not I'm not even sure. Uh, the big temple complex when Peter got up and sure. message and so they all responded right and they got baptized. Some of those people were from Rome. They went back, started these these, you know, churches in in Rome. And though Paul has never been to Rome, um, he's writing a church to the church at Rome, right? And so uh while they're bagging on each other, you know, saying, you know, look at these Gentiles, these, you know, these dirty rotten gentiles, they're, you know, because that's what Jews thought of. Gentiles, you know, they're just, you know, we don't associate with them. They're unclean people. We're not going to give them the time of day, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then Paul re- rounds that out altogether, And he says, you're no different than the Gentile. The only thing that's different about you is that you grew up with the law. Right. But yet you still, you still practice the same things, right? Like this is, a, this is what he says in verse two, right? Uh, verse two. Therefore, you have no excuse. Everyone who passes judgment for in which you pass judge, judge on another. You condemn yourself for you who judge practice the same thing. That's two verse one. Right. So, so he's, he's calling them out, right? You do the exact same things that I just mentioned about the Gentiles. Maybe not to the same degree, maybe not in the same way, but you, you, you have no right. You have no rhyme or you have no way to judge these people. Because you're practicing the exact same things, right? And then that's where he calls him right. out. He called him, right? He calls They're them hypocrites in two seventeen through twenty four. He says, you know, his whole message is practice what you preach, right? There's another life principle for you, right? You're gonna you're gonna follow Jesus. You're gonna say you're a Christian. You need to practice what you preach, right? If you're gonna step on somebody else's toes and tell them they need to do this, that, and the other, well, you better be doing the same thing, right? You better live what you preach, and um,
1: that comes down to choices as well. Yeah, it's kind of like, because I kept reading right now, right? And when you go to Romans 2, verse 5, I guess it says, but because of your stubbornness Mm. and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath. When his righteous judgment will be revealed, God will repay each person according to what they have done. Mm. So those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil. And then it goes first for the Jew, then for the Gentile, but glory, honor, Mm -hmm. and peace for everyone who does good. First for the Jew, then for the Gentile, for God does not show favoritism.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep,
1: that's exactly right. And then tie that back to 1 verse 20
0: when he talks about the Gentiles, right? Mm-hmm. For since they since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, and his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. And then he ties that all, ties a bow on it mm-hmm. and he says, You're in the same position. Like you have no right to judge. Mm-hmm. So then then turn that on yourself, right? Turn that on yourself and say, Okay, am I the Gentile or am I the Jew? Yeah. Right? Who right. what what position am I sitting in? Am I the Gentile? Am I the Gentile you know, saying "Look at how look at how good I am now, and look at how bad I was then," or am I the Jew saying, "I've always been good"?
1: I'm good. I got my ticket
0: punched. <laughs> I got my ticket <laughs> That's right. And <laughs> what, what?
2: now, um, now the question is, can you take? All right. So hold on. I, I I know this isn't part of it, but if you think about it, the way you just described it. Can you put that in the concept of the prodigal son and uh uh what's his name the
0: elder brother? Shoot. Something like that. I know what you're talking about. The prodigal son, right? Yeah, yeah the, the older, older brother, brother who's like, "Oh, hey, why didn't you throw a party for Yeah, me? The... yeah I've been there. I've been here the whole time."
2: Job. Yeah, Job. Job. That's that's and the a prodigal good... son. Yeah, I mean that's a great
0: thing. illustration because it highlights that it highlights that same idea. Now, now this is this is where you know it can get it
2: can get a little it can get a little tricky right It can get a little rough you can you can start because I mean I, I, it's got to be where he's right. coming up with this stuff because he's all Old Testament this is an Old Testament mm, guy right. talking to everybody so this has to come from Job and then the second portion that he's coming from is from Jesus mm. talking about the prodigal son. It's got to be where this is. Yeah, where this sure. Um,
0: uh, it's got, it's, you know, and there's a lot of things. Well, I mean, you got to, you got to think about Paul and, and perspective as he was a student, a student of Gamaliel, who was a very well-respected um, Pharisee in those days, right? Acts chapter four talks about Gamaliel. Um, and then Paul talks about himself being a student of Gamaliel. I think in either Philippians or Galatians, right? So he's very highly educated, very well-read um, someone who understands how, how the law works, right. Almost to the degree where he can, you know, um, you know, he just, uh, he just knows what to tell people, right. Or you ever met somebody like that, where they're just like, they know it so well, they know the manual, they know the rules so well that they begin to It's like, well, in, you know, section eight, uh, article 20 sentence, number 30, it says, blah, blah, blah. Right. That's, that's the kind of guy i perceive paul to be right and he completely changes his demeanor right not that he he leaves his education out of the picture but that that now he's an individual who understands how everything has been put together right he understands okay like i understand the the old law as it was so much to the point where i was killing people right i was killing christians because I I was of the same mind of those in Nehemiah and Ezra where man if they if they fall off this law, you know God's gonna punish us right God's gonna he's gonna he's gonna embark he's gonna you know unleash his wrath wrath I was about to say that. on us you know because we strayed from the law mm-hmm. and so that's why I think I think that's why Paul was killing Christians because he was trying to keep he was trying to be the gatekeeper of Judaism. And he was trying to say, "No, don't do this! Don't do this! Don't do this!" And then when he meets Jesus on the road to Damascus, his whole demeanor—it's just like it's like a it's like a light bulb moment for Paul, where he where he finally sees how what he's what he's known of what he's known about the Pentateuch and the Old Law and the Prophets—it all comes together in this one thing, and finally he sees. He sees God through the Old Testament. He sees Jesus on the road to Damascus. He sees how it's all been put together, right? And you got to imagine, right? You got to imagine Paul seeing this guy, you know, uh, hearing about Jesus and what he was teaching and hearing about Jesus and what he was doing on the cross and going and scoffing, you know, and saying, that's crazy. This guy didn't die for all humanity. Who is this guy? You know, and then trying to run down and chase down his other apostles and and spreading them all out. And Jesus going, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Right. And then and then for him, that all to come together and then for him to put a bu- book together like this, which I think, you know, is, is Paul's masterpiece. I mean, this is my opinion. He he explains, you know, the gospel the best in within these confines, and he explains the relationship between God and man in, in, in different uh, areas of life. The best here. Right. He explains the ideals, the realities, the the solutions for how those things are to replay anyways, I'm talking too much. So, uh, somebody else talk, mm. <laughs> I'm just, preaching. I'm sorry. I'm getting on a roll here. I'm
2: like,
0: <laughs> you know, you want to hold my Bible up and be like, no, I'm just kidding.
2: Well, yeah, there it's right there. Do you there, agree look, or disagree see? Justin? No, I don't I don't disagree I mean the more that I I've, I've, I've read it the more that I really enjoy Romans um off topic I really think Hebrews is a really good book as well to kind of explain and understand mm. what's going on at that time uh, and but it's really interesting well <laughs> a completely different topic and I'm really right. springboarding off of that but I don't I don't think that Hebrews was written by Paul no. I really don't uh, because it's not it's not it's not really stated in the same way that Paul writes his books. You know, I would almost think that Hebrews is written by one of his followers, Paul, you know, like Timothy. Or Luke. You know, someone like that who Ex- Luke, Luke has right weird, exactly complex right. Well, Greek, Luke, I don't know because you know syntax. Uh, yeah, as far as He's I understand, it's pretty complex. It, Greek, I but else. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it was Luke.
0: I, I don't, know. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know either. I'm just speculating.
2: But anyway, I that again. Your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, your guess is
0: as good as mine, man. I mean,
2: But yeah, I don't. You know, most people's most scholars believe that Paul wrote hebrews but i i don't know i have a hard hard time following that just because of the way that the initial uh start off for hebrews and the ending sign off is not the same way that paul writes his letters at all i mean it's really not because every time paul writes it's like grace mercy and peace to you from god our father our lord jesus christ right and then he goes on for another three or four here's the thing you have to remember about Unless he's writing directly. Sure. And to here's Timothy. the
0: thing you have to remember about yeah. Hebrews. Um, Hebrews is, um, is a homily is a, it's like a written out sermon, right? It's a, it's, and that's why mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like, I mean, and then in a lot of the letters that you read about Paul, Paul is just verbally speaking what's on his mind about whatever they, that's why it sounds like sometimes he's talking in circles, you know, he's just, he's kind of talking and somebody's writing down exa- everything he's saying, right? Um, that he wants to get across to or get to this church. And so that's like mm-hmm. sometimes you'll see him go on like rants and stuff, you know, and it kind of sounds like, well, that's an odd place to put that, but yeah, how do you think out loud? Right. You know, <laughs> and, and then, yeah. And then, yeah. And then Hebrews yeah, exactly. is just this one beautiful connected flow of thought um, that, you know, just is Hebrews is masterpiece. Um, you know, I still don't understand everything. Yeah. Well, it's extremely complex, yeah. but,
2: yeah Hebrews is super yeah well, complex. I mean he
0: explains how the old like basically how the old law fits into the New Testament and why Jesus is better, right that's the thing I would give Hebrews Jesus is better, right, how Jesus mm-hmm. is better than everything in the old he, law huh? now we could sit here and talk about why he wrote it or what his purpose was, but yes, that is a masterpiece too. I will hundred percent agree on that, um and uh.
2: So I mean, the only reason why I brought that up was because, like, you're like, "Hey, well, I think this is well, the well, best Paul, one of the best Paul, books." Paul, I'm like, yes. "Well, you know, yeah.
0: <laughs> Paul's Paul's book." But yes, Hebrews is a great <laughs> Hebrews is a great book. Uh, that's that's one I I have yet to teach through Hebrews. I'm going to do that at some point. Um, yeah,
2: it's very difficult. I would assume. I mean, I'm not a teacher, but I would assume that actually trying to yeah, teach on imagine? something that's super wow. complex and trying to make it you know, at the second grade level, good luck. I don't understand it
0: at a kindergarten (laughs) level, so I'm not even going to be able to say it at second grade. Yeah.
2: If you, if you, if you could just put it at like first grade level, I'd appreciate that. Like if I could draw, you tell me. Yeah. And sometimes people make it
0: more complicated than it actually is. You know, sometimes people, you know, make it more complex, you know, uh, than it has to be right. The message is the same. The ideas are, you know, uh conducive with the teachings of D- Jesus and conducive with the teaching teachings of Paul they just expand on some different you know enlighten us in different areas right um, but uh yeah let's uh it's fun to study books of the Bible and uh learn all sorts of history and fun stuff about them
1: yeah i mean definitely i'm hearing you guys discuss these things back and forth and i'm not like wow every time i talk to you guys this just looks like a more and more interesting book that i really got to get through yeah and and there are there are helps
0: like i i got this um i got this big fat bible right here and it has like a bunch of you know it has some com some commentary in it which you have to be careful of you know the commentary commentary you're reading but um, it also has questions on the side that kind of make help you help you think through the text um, it's stuff you can do with like a with like a group or you know you have a bible study you want to ask some questions you want to work through some things you want to talk about some things maybe you're sitting down with your wife whatever um, but that does give you some good insights and, and good ways of looking at uh, different passages of of scripture now I don't always. I don't recommend commentaries first. Um, I always recommend doing your work in the text, right? So understand as much as you can understand in English, um, and then if you're, you know, persistent enough and you want to go learn Greek, you know, get like Bounce's uh, Biblical Greek, right? Which will teach you, give you a work, workbook, and let you allow allow you to work through some of that, so that when you go to look at the word, what
2: you know, I gotta be honest. I can't the, even the, learn the, Spanish. No, you, no, you
0: don't, have to, you don't have to No, I mean, you, shoot. you just have to do. Um, <laughs> you just have to do good. Like if you do, it, yeah, you just. I mean, you just do your work in the text, like, and and you know, understand the story as a whole. You know, understand. Uh, since a lot of times, I mean, here's another hobby horse of mine. Uh, cherry picking scripture drives me crazy. When people will be like, "Oh yeah." this is the, the, you know, this is, this is what it's about. And they'll quote 50,000 different verses. And I'm like, I don't even know how that connects. I have no idea what you're talking about, but let me write them down and I'll go look at them. And I'll tell you if I think you're right or not. You know, that just drives me crazy because I'm a guy, I do a lot of work. I want to do, I want to do consistent, conducive work, right? I want to do work in in a text that allows me to understand the story as a whole, rather than trying to piece it together with all these, um, you know different. Bible verses and you know whatever you want to, whatever you want to call them, and that's why I recommend just reading through. And I know you would do the same thing, Justin. You would recommend people reading through whole books at a time,
1: right? Yeah. I mean, oh
2: yeah. Oh yeah. For sure, because it's it. Otherwise, you don't get the context, and the context is extremely important to understand what the writer right. is trying to right. tell you. Uh, it's really hard to understand what somebody's trying to tell you by taking one thing run one sentence or one you know group of thoughts and taking that out and saying oh this is what it means Eh, it's probably one of them one of the more things that that really drives a person at least for me you know drives me to go yeah i don't really think i think you're just trying to sell me on something you just want my money you you don't really want to know you're not trying to get my soul saved you're just trying to get me to sit in a seat pay you money right and so uh it's one of those things that i know that a lot of people uh i think struggle with but they still choose not to read it and i think that's the most uh detrimental thing to our society is that people just like ah i'll get around to it you know and it's like the the reality of it is we can all carve out an hour a day right, right? if you can carve out an hour a day to read a book i guarantee you if you re- read Genesis, it's gonna take you like three hours. Yeah, like seriously, it'll take yeah, you three hours to get through Avatar Genesis, you you and uh, to get through like Timothy, <laughs> right, right. But Timothy, you can get through maybe in an hour or maybe at right. uh, forty-five minutes, right? If you want to get through Timothy, like it's not that difficult to do. Um, but you're still gonna choose not to, and, and that's a little bit like, you know, put in a little bit of right. effort. You'll be yeah, you know, um, that is one of
0: the things that they taught us in school because yeah. you know. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, you you develop, and, and this is kind of my theory for like when you study a, when you study um, a book in pieces or you digest scripture in pieces, you develop bad theology is what ends up happening, right? Um, you start to piece together theology that's, you know, maybe not fully developed. Um, maybe that's a, you know, it's a brilliant thought or a brilliant idea, or it's a good verse or it's encouraging um but it really doesn't help you develop good theology and i would say that say that working through a book you know even like you know this is what i do because i have 88 adhd whatever you want to call it um i write in my bible because i cannot stay focused on just like reading the story right i can't just like sit there and go oh you know i'm gonna read this book and not get bored um so I recommend, you know, like I'm going to, I'm going to send this over to Caesar, but I'm going to give him one of those digital Bibles cause he's got one of those uh, fancy Apple pencils now. And, uh, you know, he can do some work on his iPad when he's at work and that kind of thing. And it's, it's really, it really is a helpful tool to,
1: I think you know, you're right though. Cause I'm reading another different book and now that I'm thinking about it, man, if you could take notes on it. Oh yeah. Yeah. It yeah. makes, makes interesting. It makes reading a lot more, uh, interesting, fun, Yep. you know, um, yeah. instead of, because I, it's true, uh, reading through the book sometimes like I just got to power through it I'm so bored but I got to power through it yeah but if you yeah. interact with what you're reading and actually taking annotations down
0: and point. Right. Like, what does this word mean right here you know how what is this right. you know who do I ask I was like what does this word mean you know what is what does it make What's a depraved mind you know what's what's really a depraved mind right? I write right? down notes
1: you know, yeah. like I come back to it you mm-hmm. write down your notes from what you read in the bible and then you come to you find you know people in my case you and and Justin and, and ask you, Hey, you guys, I read this part, but I had a question on it. Please elaborate. And it, and it helps to get the opinion of more than one person or twice or two people. You know, I may come ask you, Nick, I may come ask Justin, but then I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ask Sam as well. Mm -hmm. I may go ask Jerry as well. I have four different opinions on what this one matter is. And then I can come up with my own concept as well and be like, you know what? I think I like the way Justin said it better than, you know, this person here. But, um, that's just, Part of the ways that you you grow strong in your faith, right? right? and you start learning the the correct ways to go. Right, and I told the guy today when I was talking to him, he's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, man, the story
0: of Jesus is so boring." And I'm like, "Well, it's only boring because you don't know what you're reading."
2: Yeah, you
0: know what I'm saying? Like you understood what you were reading.
2: Mm.
1: It, How can, can you see say you, say you that it's boring with an open mind? Well, because well, because if that person is it. saying that from the history that we all know, and you're saying that you are really going with a mentality and
0: (laughs) he's wiping out the screen. (laughs) Okay, Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. If you go with that, you're already going with a closed mind. You're going already with your opinion and your, and your facts and you, it's like saying, I'm just going to read it just to read it, but whatever it believes I'm, I've, I've, I'm ready to disbelieve it. Mm. I'm ready to not even believe it. I'm just, that's how it seems to me though. Uh, I, I just, i'm baffled (laughs) yeah yeah
0: yeah. and it does it does take it does take faith you know it does take faith it's like this is this this the scriptures are meant to point you to god yes right They're, they're meant to to help you develop your relationship find things to pray about find things to discern find things to think about that's that's one of those ones we don't talk about a whole lot we don't talk about discernment we don't talk about how important that is to reading the scriptures and so You know, what we tend to do is go to commentaries or we go to other preachers and we try to get their interpretation of what the scripture is instead of going, you know what? I don't understand what this verse actually even means in the whole context of the book. And I've read it a hundred times. What do I do? Right? What do I do when I don't understand something? Well, our natural inclination is like Google. Let's, you know, like uh, like our buddy Sam does. You know, he goes to Google. And Google. What does this verse mean? You know, or what's this verse, or what's that verse, or you know, or, he just googles everything. You know, and that's our that's our that's our natural yeah, inclination. You know, is we just Google
1: it, right? No, he Googled it.
0: Well, I know, I know. I'm just I don't know. what He Google. I just I'm just saying he's always on Google, right? He'll, he'll be like he'll be like Google. What's this? You know, and it, on his phone. But like that's that's just reflective of the culture too. It's like you know, we have access to all this information and we think that we're not smart enough to sit and ponder and think and discern and go, okay, what, what does this mean? God, what does this mean? I don't know what it means. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And and then, you know, I mean, he may show you in various ways. He may, you know, show you through a life event, through an experience. He may show you through, you know, he may, Push you. The spirit may push you to go talk to somebody about it, and they may explain it. You, you just don't know how God's going to work and how God's going to help you to understand right. what it is He's saying and how to apply it in your life. And that's really that's really the the I mean, I would I would say part of the problem with with how bad theology is developed is we try to assume application before we verify meaning. Right? We try to assume, okay, this is what it means, and so this is yeah. how it applies and instead what we should do is go okay here's what i see right what i see is this okay in the greater context in the greater grand scheme of this whole entire book how does what what does that how does the context explain the meaning of this verse and then once you once you understand the context of the book you can understand the meaning of of the passage and this is why i don't think you know like you could you could read you could read Romans, Romans one, one through eighteen, and you know, you know, pick it apart and mm-hmm. say, "Wow, this is good," but you don't really understand until you've read the whole thing. Of, okay. Like, what do you mean, what? the whole thing? Of, like, if you read all of Romans, like you're, of Romans gonna really, read, okay. you're gonna really, you're uh, gonna really, you're gonna really start to see, you're gonna really start to digest. Okay, well, here's why Paul Paul opened his letter that way. This is what he's trying to say. This is what he was trying trying to get us to, right? Probably the one of more popular and more powerful verses in this is what, chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, where he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to salvation to every to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, right? And then he says, For the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith, yes. right? And that's kind of the same theme he keeps through all, all throughout the book, that a righteous man is not righteous because he does all the right things a righteous man is righteous because of jesus
1: because of his faith in jesus right it's not because, because of what the, he does not his theory has been proven but it's because you have faith that that's what the right. word says and jesus said this and that's the thing right. i'm going with it's not because they experimented and they said oh yeah right. this is what works no, right. no the faith you have to have faith Trust in God,
0: right? And that's, i mean, that's really, that's really how you right. how you determine because you're going to see that word. That's, that's one of the more popular words faith. in the book of Romans. I would, I would just yeah. challenge you, you know, and anybody listening, you know, uh, go, go mark the word faith in the book of Romans tonight. Just every, just read the book of Romans and mark, mark yeah. The word Yeah, bring 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 share pencils. pencils. (laughs) You know, but mark, I mean, just mark the
1: word faith. Every time you see it, mark the word faith. Mark the word faith. But how long do you think it would take for all of Romans to be read? Mm -hmm. Because you said Genesis three hours, the other one was two hours.
2: Uh, Two hours. What's Romans is about yeah, two
0: hours. Yeah, it could be close to that. But I don't have that. Well, see, uh, for me, it'll probably take me like six so, hours. I mean, yeah, that's true, how fast Everybody...
1: it'll... Yeah, it'll I'm, I'm a very slow reader, too. So, yeah, that too may be like no, no, no. three for me. It'll something. take me six hours because I'll find... I know. For to chase. For uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Right. So, so for me, like when I start reading, I start hearing a voice in my head that's actually reading it to me. And so I start speeding up because the words start sounding like somebody's talking to me. So my reading okay. starts going faster. Right. So for me, it's like about two hours yeah. for something like that. But I mean, one of the things that you said, Nick, about the, you know, the scriptures pointing to God, I think what really points to God to yeah. me is his creation. Not necessarily the words that everything it down because I don't think Christianity would. Well, I know, but my point being is that the book isn't what points to God, right? There, there's clearly a, if there's a painting, there's sure. clearly a painter, right? There's clearly other scientific things that prove God's existence, yeah. right? the The fact that it's an it's an infinitesimal, just uh, you know, thing to think that we can all oh, breathe. True. Right. Or the fact that the earth is specifically in this right position that would take one one billionth of a, of a you know, an inch and it right, wouldn't work right. anymore. Right. All those things to me, it's so much less faith to believe that someone created something out of nothing than to believe something was created right. from nothing. Right. So so absolutely nothing right. created nothing takes a lot more faith because we've never seen that before nobody's ever witnessed something being created from nothing everybody's witnessed somebody creating something right and so to me it's 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 not necessarily the scripture that points god but i think the scripture points the person on you know hey this is this is the direction Mm -hmm. to go in right because i think i think as isaiah points out that it the law is written on yeah. everybody's hearts, even it's discussed a second time by Paul. Paul even says that everybody, everybody right. has a law written on their hearts. Everybody knows what's right and wrong. Uh, But it's what, what the people mm. do with that. And then on top of that, it's not what you've done. It's what I yeah, absolutely did, Right. And so I think a lot of Christians have that problem too. It's like, it's like, well, yeah, right. I mean, look at Job, right? job was sitting there going yeah well i sacrificed i did this i did that and it's like well dude that's the same issue that even a right. lot of pastors have look at what i did i preached i went out and evangelized i went and did this mm-hmm. i went and did that right and then what's gonna happen when you stand in front of god hey god yeah. look at what i did right or are you gonna
0: say yeah. look it's, at what you my you know, very reminiscent, the of, uh, very reminiscent yeah. of matthew chapter seven
1: well <laughs> i was thinking about that Last point, Justin says that everything is God. Like they say, God works through you, right? You ask God work through me. Mm -hmm. So every time that you go out there and you, you, you're preaching the word or you have someone being saved and coming, you know, and wanting to learn about Jesus and wanting to change their ways is because God is working through you. So in all ends and. Our essence, you say, God, thank you for working through me that we were able to recruit another soul. Yes. Thank you for giving me the right word. Amen, brother. To to say these things. Thank you for guiding me in my thoughts and then putting everything you need and working through me. Please continue to use me. Right. Right. And
2: that, yeah. Yeah. And that that ties back to the first thing I was talking about, which is self. It right? Self is the most dangerous thing that there is because self gets in the way every time, because every time you're going to go. Yeah, I did. look
0: at me. Look at me.
2: Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, I was out on the corner. And well, it's like this, like, oh, I was out on the corner and I was like preaching the word of God. Like, OK. Uh, and I want a soul to Christ. Like, well, is that the wrong that's completely right. the wrong attitude. Right. Right, because you're the way that you brought it forth Caesar is the right way to look at it. So you see, see the yeah. difference, right? And I think that's also kind of what we were talking about a little bit earlier about the Jew and the Gentile and what Paul was is showing the difference between the two, and the grace that's involved in that, uh, and then. It's difficult for people to understand that, hey, look, listen, it's not self, it's grace and what caused right. it. Yeah. And you that's, know?
0: that's the crazy part, you know, and then, you know, reflect on your own ability, right? Reflect on your own abilities that you have, uh, the way your mind works, the way, uh, the gifts that you have that nobody else has, right? It's easy to go, okay, um, look, look at, look at what, look at what I've done, look, look at what I look at what my gift did. Right. And that's easy to do. Like, you know, from a preacher standpoint, it's easy to do because you go, look, I crafted this message. I explained the right things. I came up with this catchy statement. I convinced somebody or persuaded somebody. Look what I did. Right. And then you soon come to realize that my gifts, my abilities are not my own gifts and abilities, but they were given to me to use for the glory of God. Right. Right. And so, and so that's powerful too, you know, that's powerful yeah. going, okay, well, yes, yes, I, I, but also on the same side of that coin is we want some sense of accomplishment where we're saying, look, yeah, look what I did. Like I feel accomplished. Look what I did. Even when it wasn't you that did it, you know, and, and this is where you go back to the idea where it's like, okay, um, is it the speaker or the source, right? Is it the speaker or the source? What's the source, Right is the power in the Word of God or the power in the person who speaks the Word of God, right? So, I mean, yeah, that's a good
2: Well, I mean, you could kind of correlate that with like sports sure. too, right? I mean, you could say, well, all right, let's look at LeBron James, okay? Not a huge in well, the sports. I don't know a lot about LeBron James, right? but I know he's really good. Okay, right? So does LeBron James at the end of the the basketball game, does he go, yeah, oh, man, I did all this stuff. Look at what I did. Or does he say look at what right. the team helped me do right. right or look at what we did yeah. it right? kind of three different things to look at but the reality of it is it's like oh dude he didn't do it on his own nobody he, he couldn't be out there on the court all by yeah. himself like you're get right. out of town yeah. no you know what i mean? right. it's the same thing with a preacher or anybody yeah. else it's like no dude you're not the one doing it you're part of a no, unit right. making it happen yeah, yeah.
1: It goes back to well, a sports reference. I'm gonna do another sports reference. Like we gotta on that. <laughs> this one was gonna go football, but we can go back to the old t- say sure. Tom Brady, right? When he was with New England, is it Brady or was it Belichick? Mm, who was it? Who was it? I don't know. At the end of the day, t- you know, who I think it was none. It was the team effort. Yeah,
0: yeah. It was the it was the team that was built. Yeah, absolutely. Is it uh, is it Matthew Stafford or is it Puka or is it Sean McVay? Oh, yeah, you got that one, huh? Yeah, I'm not a Rams fan, by the way. Yeah. Thank you, Lions, for knocking the Rams out of the playoffs, by the okay, way.
1: Hey, they're about to knock the Niners out.
0: Oh, see, he's a little, he's a little sour about that, aren't you?
1: <laughs> oh, look at that. a <laughs> right.
2: Yeah,
0: what's up? He get off air so he can badmouth me. Okay. <laughs> going
1: to beat me up. Hey, you got to talk a little trash sometimes, but that's okay. I think that's it, right, for today? Yeah, man. All right. Well... So everybody who made it to the end, you know, we thank you for listening to us. Wherever you may be listening, however you may be listening, You, this it has been The Back Pew. Pew, pew,
2: pew, pew.